Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch Blackpool. For more information, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk. I'm really encouraged. I'm really encouraged about how well um, you guys are doing. Because actually, when, when you stop, you know, as, as Olympia's sharing uh, this week about, you know, go, going to, was it a cafe or just a shop? Cafe. Yeah, yeah. It, and actually, just, just, just praying for the, the owner of the coffee shop. Actually, that's, that's evangelism. That's, that's sharing. That's sharing your faith. That's, that's bringing heaven to earth in those moments. And, and I love it. I'm hearing more and more um, you guys doing that, more and more and more. It, it's wonderful. But I encourage you, Steve's a great guy to get to know, get alongside. Um, so, yeah, if, you're, if you, there's any chance you're able to make it on Wednesday night, uh, come to ours. Uh, for 7.45, and we will be with Steve. So, yeah, that's there. Um, so we are continuing in our vision and value series, Run. And uh, Run, we've been... The, the idea of this, this series is that not only do we go through at the front and tell you again, this is what we believe, this is what we're about as a church, but the idea is that we, we, we want you to get involved is we're saying this is how you can get involved. And actually that we've looked at that we, we want to be a church that runs after truth. That we want to be a church of grace and truth. And what that means is that, that we, what we speak, what we say, what we do, how we run church, how we run our lives. Actually that we, we build it first, upon, first and foremost upon the Bible and what it says. But that also means that for you guys. What you do with your lives, how you conduct, not just Sunday, but Monday, Friday, Monday to Friday, you conduct it on what you see in the Bible, how you believe the Bible teaches you to live your life, what things to value, what things not to value, how to order your life. We looked at actually that we want to be a church that, that runs after God's presence, that we want to be a church that, that sees his, his kingdom here, that we see the gifts of the Spirit, that we see um, people praying out in spiritual languages, uh, spiritual songs, that we see um, words of knowledge. And like I said, we, we want to see that here, but actually we also want to see that out there. We want to see that more and more. When you read the book of Acts, you see more often than not, these spiritual gifts that we want so much, they happen out in the world. They happen as we listen, as, as Olympia was listening this week and the past few weeks, you know, about you know, when listens to that small voice inside, inside God whispering, saying, right, I want you to pray for this guy. That's, that, that is heaven breaking in. We, 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 we looked at last week how Andy said that he, um, we want to be a church that serves others, that runs alongside others, lifting others up. And this week, we're going to look at the fact that we want to run pointing to our Lord and Savior. We want to run so that others may know him. So I'm going to read a verse for this, this series, and you can follow along. It's in the book, book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encompassing and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with endurance the race set out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, God, I pray, God, that you would, that you would stir in us again a passion for your name. 
God, a passion for your glory, a passion that, that overflows so that the uh, so others, so our family, so our friends, so the people we meet in, in shops as we pass by, people we work with, people who we go to school with, that, 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 are, that, that you inside us would overflow, Lord God, and that they would see you, they would come to know you, Jesus. Lord God, we, what we ask you for a passion to grow in each one of us, to see lost people saved. Lord God, to see lives who with hope, they are hopeless, be, be given hope in you, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, we, we live in a, a time actually more and more, if you've been listening to Christian commentators, and really if you don't, if you just listen to, to the people, who are world leaders and stuff like that, we live in a time that is pretty dark. That is pretty dark. It, you know, it's, it, it's, it feels like a pretty bad time to be alive. You know, I'm sure there's been worse times, but actually this is a, this is a dark time compared to, you know, for, since a long, long time, things, things seem to be dark. You know, if you, if you grew up in kind of the post-war generation or, or your generation Xer or, or a millennial, actually, one of the things we had growing up was, was actually the sense of things are going to get better. You know, technology is going to improve and make our lives easier. You know, we are going to be richer we're going to, it's not just the rich and famous who get to travel the world. Actually, we're all going to be able to travel the world and do what we want. That's not so for the youngest generation now, is it? You know, just coming back from school the other day, you've got Elsie Grace telling me, you know, how the world is going, to, the world is doomed. You know, the world, the world is going to, going to crumble. You know, that, that fossil fuels and how we're all going to, we're going to run out of energy. Um, you know, they actually, there's a sense now. That, that things are getting worse. You know, that we're going to be poorer. We keep being told we're going to be poorer. We're going to have less, less um, freedoms. You know, even recently, haven't we been told, you know, we know that there's, 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 there's obviously there's wars going on, but actually we've been told to be prepared for a war where we're physically going to be involved, where the whole world is going to be dragged into a, 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 a third world war, a cold war or something. But the, the, this is kind of the, the sense which is being put out there for us to, us to hear. You know, we, we live in times where, where so many people are struggling to make men ends meet, where food banks are exploding. But then you've got, on the other scale, you've got, uh, you've got oil companies which are making billions and billions of pounds of profit. We live, in, we live in such dark, dark times. We live in times where, where people seem to have just given up on family. You know, no longer is, is divorce going up. People just aren't bothering to do family. Now, if you are under 30 in a, in a relationship, the, the, the likelihood is that you are not, get, you're not married and you have no, no um, desire to get married. The two-thirds of people in a relationship in their, in, in their 20s who live together aren't married, aren't even, that, and that includes civil partnerships as well. And people have just given up on what is marriage. You know, we live in a society where we, we have no idea, you know, what's a man, what's a woman. We live in a culture where if you dare to say something that goes against the grain, which goes against what people say is right, well, you're going to be cancelled. Even if you said it 20 years ago and you no longer believe it, you can be, you can be cancelled. We live in a, in a culture where, where, where people, where big tech and governments are trying to police 
what we do and what we say online, which if you take it down to its logical conclusion in the way that things are going at the moment, is that actually the Bible, believing the Bible, will be hate speak. Well, it is in some circumstances. It is. It's hate speak, which means that if you believe the Bible, you can be cancelled. You can be arrested. We live in a society where people are being sacked. You know, people are being sacked. People are going down disciplinary um, lines and being sacked for, for believing Christian values about marriage. And these are people working in... I mean, that's, in, in se- that's not just in secular societies. I've heard many this week, in the last couple of weeks, people going down who work for so-called Christian societies. You know, we live in dark, dark times. I mean, I know that many of you would have heard, you know, what's going on in, in the Church of England at the moment. And let me just say, you know, I was, I was speaking to one of our local vicars this week, and I encourage you, whatever you think of the Church of England, whether you think I quite like them, whether you think I could never be in the Church of England church, actually, I'd be in the, the latter, um, but pray for them, pray for them. There are many good, godly men and women who are, who are in those churches who love Jesus and are absolutely distraught at what's going on in their church in these days. So pray for them. See, we live, we live in such dark, dark times. We live, we live, in, we live in times, you know, where we, we, all, we all probably know, know the, the, the stats or a, a general idea, you know, over the past few years, how, how suicide has skyrocketed. You know, among, the, among, the, uh, among teenagers, suicide is the second biggest cause of death. This is a dark, dark time where we live. But the good news is, is that historically, when we look back upon our nation and across the world, when things are dark, and things have been dark before, God moves. God moves. God moves. Because when things are dark and people, men and women, just ordinary, and I'm going to tell a couple of stories of some just ordinary men and women who get together and pray and say, God, we need you to move. And God, in those dark times, he answers them and he moves. He moves. I want to I read to you a psalm, actually. I want to start off by reading to you a psalm. Because what this psalm does is this psalm shows us what it looks like when God moves. I'm going to call it revival. If that's a new term to you, that's what I'm going to use for the rest of the, rest of the morning. That, that when God moves, when revival happens, this is what it looks like. And the psalmist in, the hundred, in Psalm 184 writes this. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. You see, when, when, when God breaks out in power, this might surprise some of us, but what happens when God breaks out in power, when revival comes, the first thing that happens is, is God's people come and they worship his name. 
They realize there's an awakening to how good, how amazing God is. It says, you know, how lovely is your dwelling place. There's a realization that, that, that whatever we are surrounded with in the world, with, with stuff, with TV, with entertainment, it's rubbish compared to being in the presence of the king. I don't know if any of you have been following kind of Christian news recently and you've, you've heard kind of what's happening across the, the universities in America. Um, how that about a month ago in one of these, one of these universities, a, a university uh, service uh, started in, in, their, in their chapel. And at the end of the service, people just started worshipping. And it just continued. And four, four weeks later, it was still going. And it spread to other universities, other towns. God's doing something. God's doing something. You might kind of belittle that and say, well, it's only a group of Christians kind of getting together and worshiping. But God is doing, when God is on the move, his people, they want to be in his presence. And you hear stories of people saying, I turned up. I went for, I went for, I was there for a couple of hours. And, and whilst I was there, someone just started singing, and then everyone joined in, and then they stopped singing, and then someone else started singing, and everyone joined in, and then someone got up and they read a piece of scripture, and this just goes on for hours and hours and hours. And it's, it's, it's some, God is doing something in our midst. He's doing something in our day. And I think it's really interesting how it's, it's, it's among how the, those stories are, are from among the, you know, the Gen, Gen Zers, the Gen, Gen Z, those who, who, are, who, are, who, are, who are experienced who are being told, you know, your life isn't going to be as good as your parents. Things are going to be worse for you. Actually, God is breaking out. See, the psalmist goes on and he says, as I, pa- as I, as I pass through the valley of Baca, they make a place that they make it a place of springs. The autumn rain also cover the pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our, Lord, sorry, look on our shield. O God, look with favor on on your anointed one. See, in the Bible, it talks about valleys and it talks about mountains. Okay, mountains are places of great meeting with God. It's where heaven and earth kind of meet. Valleys, I mean, I don't know where the valley of Baca is. No one does. But uh, valleys are bad places. Valleys are places where the rubbish happens. You know, as I go through the valley of the shadow of death. And what it, what it says is, is in those places, you are there. You are there, God. On Wednesday night, we were sharing at home group how, how that, how that it's, you know, we've all been through rubbish. We've all had stuff. We've all, been, uh, we've all been stuck in places. And actually, the truth is that when we share that, we feel like we should keep, you know, Ian actually said, you know, he feels like we should, sometimes we feel guilty and we feel like when we're going through bad times, we shouldn't let anybody know because we feel like, um, we feel like we're going to give God a bad name. You know, I can't tell someone I'm going through, I'm a Christian and I'm going through awful times. I can't tell a non-Christian that because they're going to think, well, your God's not very impressive then. No, no, let God worry about his own, own, own reputation. You know, you, you, because actually the reality is when we let people know we're in a pit, we're in a valley here and people see you running and worshipping Jesus. Actually, the psalmist writes, doesn't he? He says, 
that, that springs are made in that place. That means life. Life comes in the valley. Life comes in the dark places. And God says, doesn't he? He says, Jesus says in, in, on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed be the poor. Now, Jesus isn't saying that, that it's good to be poor. You know, we should all pray to be poor and, and ill and, and, and suffering. No, 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 no. But the reality is that when we're in those places and we call out to God, the world sees. The world sees and they think, oh, you haven't got it all together. You haven't got everything going your way. But you're, there's something different about you. You see, when everything's going great, it's like, well, you don't need God. We still do, but it feels like that. But when we're going through the valley, that's when it's obvious to us and the world that we need God. He goes on, he says, better is one day in your courts than there are thousands elsewhere. I would rather be a door. Do you get this? I'd rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather be on the outskirts of God's presence than anywhere else. I, I, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk in blamelessness. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. See, God, God comes when we cry out to him. He comes when we cry out to him. He says that he, he is our provider. He is the one who provides the sun. He is the one who provides the rain. He is our, he is our shield. And let me say, when we, when we cry out to him, when you've been this week crying out to him, asking him to move, when, when you've been, whether, it's, whether it's in a shop and you've been praying for, for someone to, to, to receive Jesus or whether that's, whether that's at home and you've been praying for our youth or whatever, God hears those prayers. He hears every single one of them. Whether you feel it or not, whether you feel like he's there listening and he's there intimately with you, or whether you think you just feel like you're just talking at the ceiling, he is there. He is listening to you and none of your prayers go in vain. See, his desire is to do you good. I know many of you may be struggling. You know, I, I get the privilege of meeting with many kind of church leaders and I know many of them I hear over and over again people saying, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I wish, I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish someone else would do this for me. And, you know, we live in times where, where you know, I'm speaking to many people and they just think, no, I, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And let me say, we don't need more sleep. We need a revival. We need a move of God. As Pete prophesied over us two years we need streams in the desert we need a path made through the wilderness that hasn't been there before we need God to bring revival and how does he do it how does he do it he tells us how he does it in second chronicles he says this hear this write this down get it branded on your eyelids you know, get this into you he says he says if my people that's you if you believe in Jesus if you call yourself a Christian, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. That means that you, just, you get to a point where you just go, I can't do this on my own. I can't change anyone. I can't make this world any lighter. 
Only God can. When we get to that point and we turn from our wicked ways, we put God in his rightful place, then I'll think about it. I'll think about answering your prayers. No, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will hear, heal their land. We need him. We need God. We need him. We need him. We need him. See, there are, there are so many of us who are struggling. There are so many people out there who are struggling, who don't have hope. Who are, who are sprinting as fast as they possibly can into the gates of hell. We need this land to be healed. We need a savior. And see, that's what it looks like to run with endurance. To run, as the writer of Hebrews says. We run with endurance because even in the face of evil, in the face of darkness, we keep worshiping. We keep sharing. That's why it's great. Olympia was apologetic, the amount of stuff she wanted to share this morning. Actually, no. I I want everyone to be sharing stuff because when, when someone shares something, our hearts go, yes, God, you're good. God, you're good. And that's, and that's why it's good to share because we're then spurred on to continue to run because it's really hard running on your own. It's really hard running on. But when you've got someone else coming alongside you, and you know that, may, that person may just say, it's really hard this. And actually, for some reason, that makes you feel much better. You know, when you're going through a tough time and someone goes, isn't everything amazing? You're just like, shut up. No, but when, when, thing, when you, things are really rough and they're like, actually, no, Andrew's really good at this, and just going, actually, no, you know what? Life is really rubbish at times, but God is good. And actually, that, that, goes, that, that gives you a bit more energy, doesn't it? It makes you go, oh, actually, I can run. I can continue to run. So that's, that's what we need. That's what we need. And, um, and, and in, the, in these dark times, we need to be spurred on to continue to run. I want to tell you a story. I want to, I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story. It was, it's, it's 1949, and it's the Outer Hebrides. These are a group of islands just north of Scotland. And, um, and the, the, in these islands, there, there's, there's many towns and villages, and people had pretty much abandoned the church. People, you know, post-war Britain, people had, had abandoned the church depravity was, was up, you know, crime was up, uh, depression, anxiety was up. It was not a good place. It was not a good place. And then after one ordinary church service, a handful of people there in this little chapel, the, 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 the vicar minister sends everyone home, says amen. And then this man he, get, he, he can't leave, and he falls down to his knees and just starts crying out, God, we need you. God, we need you. He just repeats it over and over again. God, we need you. God, we need you. Then he goes, God, don't fail us. God, don't fail us. Don't pass us by. We need you. And as he starts to, 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 to cry out, this very kind of ordinary, kind of buttoned up uh, uh, church, all, all of a sudden, because very disorderly, 
as people start to join him in crying out, and as, as the weeks go by, more and more people start turning up. It, it's, kind of, it's said during the, 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 this, the as this, this revival kicked off in the Outer Hebrides, this, this minister who kind of fronted the, 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 the movement called, called Duncan Campbell, he said that sometimes he was in his bed at 3 a.m., and he was woken up by people saying, you have to come out into the streets, Mr. Campbell. You have to come out into the streets, Mr. Campbell. And as he goes out onto the streets, people are leaving their homes, some of them being woken up by dreams, some of them who couldn't get to sleep because they were confronted by the weight of their sin. And as they come out onto the streets, not knowing what to do, knowing the, the realization that there really is a God and they are not right with him, not knowing what to do with that, Duncan and his friends are able to lead them to Jesus. I mean, that could, I tell you that, and you, you think, oh, that's pretty amazing, but that could happen here. It's the same God. It's the same God. It's 70 years ago. It's the same God who did that. But imagine that. Imagine that. I mean, you may, you may, may initially not like be, having your door knocked on at 3 a.m. in the morning, but how cool would that be? In the, in the, just imagine your street. The people you like and the people you really don't like coming out at 3 a.m. in the morning saying, I don't know what to do. I need to get right with Jesus. Imagine that. This is what started to happen uh, during, during this revival. And let me tell you, do you know what their secret was? The church did really good tea and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They had a great website. They had a YouTube channel. They did an alpha campaign. No, literally, people just started pouring onto the streets saying, I need to know Jesus. Here's the secret. This is what the secret was. For years and years prior, two ladies... 84-year-old blind Peggy Smith and her sister, Christina, crippled at 82, got together daily and prayed that God would bring revival to their land. They prayed for years. They ran with endurance, praying that God would come, that God would heal their land. They didn't, didn't go out and do street outreach. I mean... They'd be pretty useless. Now, one of them was blind. The other one couldn't walk. You know, they couldn't do a dance. They couldn't, they couldn't get up on a soapbox and start preaching. So they did what they could do. And don't hear, well, they did the only thing they could do, as in like, well, they couldn't do the really important stuff. They just prayed. No, no, they prayed. They did the most important thing that they could possibly do. They prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And God as they humbled themselves, they turned from their old lives and they prayed. God heard their prayers and he came in power in their generation. He came in power. And let me just tell you, this, this is a great story. Um, one, one day, Peggy is, is praying. She's praying to God and she feels that God gives her a word of knowledge. Let me, let me just tell you, okay. She's, she's uh, on, on TSL, uh, the Supernatural Ministry Schools. There's, there's a guy who, he's not on the course, but he's, he's come out a couple, couple of visitors, visitors evenings. Um, he's 91. He said he's 90, he introduced himself, said, I'm, t I'm Tom, I'm 91 and a half years old. 
Um, young, I mean, sorry. Now I'm not 91 and a half years young. And he's amazing. He's amazing. Let me say, no one is too old to hear from God. No one is too old to, to see revival. No one is too old to hear, hear God speak to them. And as Peggy is praying, she feels God give her a word of knowledge for this, this minister, Duncan Campbell. So she, she and is able to get in contact with him, and he's, he comes to her house. He comes to her. And she says to him, uh, Mr. Campbell, I, bl- I was praying to God, and he's given me a word for you. He has told me that you need to go to such and such a tiny village and preach the gospel. And as you are there, 10 young men are going to respond to the gospel and God is going to use them to spring his kingdom to other parts of the world. And Duncan Campbell looks back at her and he goes, wow, that's, that, that, that's, that's, that's amazing. But um, you see, we, we booked out every single town hall for the next several months. You know, I'm going to be preaching to hundreds, to thousands of people. You know, God, God's going to, I believe God's going to do great works. So, you know, when that's, when, when I've done that, I'll, I'll go to, the, to this, this tiny village, you know, and preach to five people, you know, whatever. And, um, and she, and, and um, <laughs> Peggy, she goes, she goes, okay, Mr. Campbell, but before you go, um, let me pray for you. And this is from Duncan Campbell's memoirs. This is what he wrote that he can remember from that prayer. He said, I let her pray for me. She bowed her head and began, Lord, it seems that Mr. Campbell does not wish to obey you at present. (laughs) Have mercy, it gets better, have mercy on his soul because I cause him to repent of his sin and do what you are telling him to do. Guess what he did? <laughs> I tell you what, she, she might have been little 84 and blind, but you know, she sounds like a formidable woman, and I think you do what she tells you to do. Um, he went, he went, he went to this tiny village where there was, there was, there was, there was a, a dozen or so people. He preached the gospel, and at the end, he said, if anyone would like to respond, please meet me out back. He said goodbye to a couple of people, and when he went out back, as he went behind the curtain, there were 10 men crying their eyes out, ready to give themselves to God. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And he can do that here. That's the good news. These aren't just stories that we read back and say, this happened 50, 60, 70, 100, 200 years ago. These are, this is the same God, and he can do that right now. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can possibly imagine. He is able to do immeasurably more, and I can imagine a lot, but he is able to do immeasurably more than I can possibly imagine. Let me say, do you want to see him move? Do you want to see him move? Do you want to, do you, do you want to see him as, as, as you go into shops that you're not, just pick, you're not just hearing the word of God to go and speak to someone, but people come to you and saying, I don't suppose you know Jesus, because I, I do. I I want to see God move. I want to see his kingdom break out like it did in the outer outer Hebrides here across the files. I want to see it. I want to see it right now. I want to see it. And he says, when people run, humble with their face turned towards Jesus, throwing off their wicked ways, fixing their eyes on him, He promises, 
He promises, he promises that he will hear. Hear that. He promises that he hears you. He doesn't say, oh, wait a minute, you've, you've been especially bad. Let's give you time out for a few months and then I'll hear from you. No, no. When you turn to him, I wasn't pointing to anyone, by the way. That was, that was, that was, that was a generic kind of hand wave. Um, he, he will hear his hand. He will hear your prayers. And it says he will turn. He will turn. You see, I want him to come. I want him to come. And he just says, he says, turn, ask, knock. So church, for the sake of this nation, which is in dark, dark times, will you pray? Will you knock on heaven's door? For the sake of where we live, for the sake of the filed, will you turn, will you pray, will you knock on heaven's door that he may hear our prayers and that he may save in our day? For the sake of our young, for our young generation who are growing up in such a confusing, evil world, pray, pray that they may know, pray that they may seek his face, pray that they may ask, pray that their friends may ask to know who Jesus is. Let's pray, let's knock, let's keep knocking on heaven's door, let's keep praying until like the psalmist says, Jerusalem, which is his kingdom, is established here on earth as it is in heaven. You see, see, I want, I want to see, I want to see you know, people come to Jesus. I want to see people in the streets, you know, like in the books of Acts, where we see people crying out in different languages they don't even know and turning to God. I want to see that. You know, I love it that we see that here, that we see people getting words of knowledge, that we see people crying out in tongues, that we see spiritual songs. But, but we have a dream. God has given us a God-given dream that says his kingdom come on earth, as in heaven. Not his kingdom come as in the church. It's not that small as in heaven. No, he says his kingdom come on earth. That his will may be done across the whole of the world. Not just a couple of hours here on a Sunday. Or when we get together as the people of God. His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I encourage you, stir your hearts. Read books on revival. Read books of the, of the Wesleyan revival. Read how dark the world was 250 years ago and read the, 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 the stories of the Wesleyan Royal. Read about the, the turn of the, turn of the uh, 20th century and the Welsh Miners' Revival. Read the book of Acts and pray, God, do that same thing now. Do it here. Come on, God. It says in Hebrews, doesn't it? It says, Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, the joy, the joy is seeing you, seeing me, coming to him in faith. It's seeing the world. We're not it. There are those who are not part of this yet, who are still to come. And Jesus said, for the joy set before him, he was battered, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was scorned. He was nailed to a cross and he died on a cross and he did it joyfully because he wanted you. He wanted them out there. He did it for that. See, God is on the move. So pray, pray, pray as our story was this morning, as you go into the shops. Pray as you go into the office. Pray as you pick up the phone. Pray as you go to work. Pray as you eat, as you drink, as you drive, that God may use this time 
for earth to become like heaven. I'm desperate to see him come, aren't you? I'm desperate to see him come. I don't just want to read it. I don't just want to read about it. I was given a, a, word, a, a word of encouragement a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and the guy obviously didn't know me too well because he said, um, he said, I see you writing. Now, I'm dyslexic and I hate writing. You should see my notes. They're just like bullet points. Um, he said, I see you writing. Um, but what he meant was, as I see you writing, and he went on, I see you writing so that future generations will look at what's been done and marvel. And I believe we're going to do that. I believe, I believe that. I take that, that God is going to do stuff through us. I mean, I don't want future generations to marvel. I want future generations to take and run with. I don't want it to stop. But are you you desperate? Because I'm desperate for him to come. Why don't you stand with me right now? And I'm going to pray. And you pray. I'm going to pray. And you use my prayers. And don't just say quiet. But pray with your own words and declare that you want to see God come. Maybe it's in the, in, the, in the hospital that you work at. Maybe it's in the shop you, you go to. Maybe it's, maybe it's in your family, wherever it is. But declare, you want to see God come. You want to see heaven invade earth. You want to see earth become like heaven where you are. So Jesus, Jesus, we want you, God. God, we are desperate for an outpouring of your spirit, God. God, we need you. God, we need you. Lord Jesus, in, in these days where we're told by the media that things are just getting worse, that things are getting worse, Lord God, we read story every day that just makes our hearts sink of how bad things are getting, Lord God. Ah, oh, not another thing, not another thing. Lord Jesus, in our day, bring your church. Make us cry out to you in desperation, God. And may you hear, God, you said that when we cry out to you, when we turn from our wicked ways, you don't, won't turn a blind ear, but you will hear from heaven and you will heal our land. You will forgive our sins. God, so do it, Lord Jesus. Don't miss us out, Lord Jesus. Don't miss us out, Lord God. We need you, Lord Jesus. We pray, come. We pray, come. May we see tens of hundreds of thousands, Lord Jesus, be... Lord God, come and meet with you. Lord God, may you come and transform this town, Lord Jesus. Transform the fire, Lord Jesus. Transform beyond, Lord Jesus. Transform this county, Lord Jesus. Transform this nation, Lord Jesus. For your glory, Lord Jesus. We need you, Lord God. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening. For more information, downloads and podcasts, please visit ccblackpool.co.uk.